0: I want to start off with what happened last night at the Yinkling Center. Here I am. It's one of those you-had-to-be-there moments where you had to be listening to it on USF Bulls Unlimited because the Bulls got swept by the rival UCF. The Knights have won 17 matches in a row in this series. So, you know, why am I so excited about it? Because the environment was absolutely so special. They played the match in the Yinkling Center first time. For volleyball, there and it was electric. You had the entire football team on one side. I saw all the other teams sort of filter in periodically. Baseball was right in front of me, women's soccer, which was holding the War on I 4 belt because it was a 6 3 lead thanks to the women's soccer team. Now the series is tied thanks to wins for UCF recently in men's soccer and in volleyball. Basically, if you only play a team once, it counts for six points. If you're going to play them twice, it's three each. So so far in men's soccer and in volleyball indeed the knights have won but it was you had the band you had the cheerleaders you had nearly 1800 fans in attendance the corral where the bulls normally play in volleyball holds around 800 the crowds have been great there but this was a different story this if you listen to the beginning of the replay and you can just hear my off-the-cuff reaction it felt like just a step below an ncaa tournament match now The problem is the team the Bulls were playing was really, really good, ranked 19th in the first RPIs and with matches in their non-conference schedule against five of the teams in the top 25. Actually, they played one of them twice, so technically six matches against teams in the top 25, and they knocked off a couple of them in FSU and Miami, so... We're talking about an outstanding UCF team that has played in hostile environments, that has its own 2,000-seat volleyball-only arena, the venue they call it. So they're used to it, and well, after the Bulls scored the first point, you could see that UCF had no issues. They would score the next seven points. They have the best player in the conference, maybe offensively and defensively, in McKenna Millville. Anytime she's in the front row, basically, they feed her. The Bulls knew that, and it still didn't necessarily help. She has gotten more than 850 attempts on the season and the closest competitor on our team was around 400 so yeah she's a star player she's outstanding on defense she stays in there the whole rotation and she added blocks to her game she had three of them in the first set UCF seventh in the country in blocks and they had four in that first set to none for the Bulls amazingly enough The Bulls only got blocked twice the rest of the way. UCF would get their hands on shots up at the net, but the Bulls started to really dig everything up on defense, so they improved their play and, in the end, actually evened the match in the blocks category, which is amazing, six apiece, and a lot of those came in the third set when the Bulls made a match of it. As I said, it was 7-1 to UCF in the first set. Bulls never got within four the rest of that set, and they would drop it 25-13, and UCF started off the second set even stronger, not even letting the Bulls get much of a sniff. It was 6-1, and once it got ahead of that four-point margin, again, it never got below that four-point margin. The problem was the Bulls, even if they did get a good-looking setup, just couldn't get it over that front line, which always seemed to get a hand on the ball. And not only McKenna Melville in the back, but they do have a good couple of defensive players in their true libero, Chloe Shear. And Caitlin Grimes, they actually did not have anybody in double figures in digs, but they had five players, all between six and eight. However, in the third set, UCF was a little bit loose with its play, but the thing is the Bulls at least were in it at the beginning. They actually went ahead five to three only to have the Knights calmly score the next five points. So look like at nineteen to twelve Bulls lost a replay review in there that it was gonna be a coast home sort of situation. No, the Bulls made a match of it. Again, got some help on the other side with some errors, but were creating their own chances and had a real chance to force extra time in the third set. Here's how it unfolded on USF Bulls Unlimited.
1: Wow, another great dig by the Bulls, but UCF lifted the ball and some strong effort here by the Bulls. 20 to 17 could possibly the Knights call their first timeout of the day. We'll see. A little bit of a nice run, and Melville serves it into the net again. It's 21 18. O'Loughlin with a good serve. And then again, Melville on the back row, so they're going to go left side to Berman, and she makes a count. 22 18. Sheer, good serve, but Williams gets underneath it. Left side to Mar to Block. Oh, ease with the passer. Laughlin back to her left side, and it's blocked, but on the ninth side. So it's 22 19. And again, Melville on the back row, so this is when you want to make a match of this. This is your opportunity. And that doesn't help. Marta Svinkovic at the wrong time, serves it into the net. Another service error and another chance for the Bulls at 23-20, at least those offset. So they need to side out to get her back up front, so this is it for the Bulls. And they can't win the point. As it was Tally Merman, the senior from Israel, former player for Rutgers, and now 24-20, match point, and McKenna Melville up front. Doesn't look good right now. Much better effort for the Bulls here in the third set, though. Grimes, nice serve. Received by Marta. Olaf sets it over to DeWitt. One of her few opportunities tonight dug back over the net by the Knights. They're going to go right side to Tizzy, And it's blocked back by Melville. Bulls will get another chance. Nice pass by Claussen. And DeWitt gets it over, but Grimes digs it up. Blocked by the Bulls. UCF is going to go back row to Grimes. Yeah, that is yeah. not going to work as Amiri Hendricks Walker gets the block. And we are tied in blocks when you had a 5-6 defensive specialist being fed for a kill attempt. Give Caitlin Grimes credit. She got up, but that ball was just, by physics, not going to go much higher than it did. in Hendricks Walker with the block. It's still 24-21. Nice. Three more match points. Good serve. You're going to middle. And that one was, yeah, too high. And now it's 24-22. So Melville is still on the back row, I misspoke. I think she's on the front, but they haven't set her, which doesn't make any sense. We'll we'll find out at this point if I'm right or wrong, because they'll set her if they can. Melville is on the front row, and she gets the chance, but Clausen is able to get the dig. Chance here for the Bulls, Pouillies blocked back, dug up, Pouillies keeps it in play. Great job there, Laughlin has to bump it back over. It's going to Melville for sure, here it is. And long, wow! It's 24-23. I look to my right, I see the quartet of Jeff Scott, Brian Gregory, Billy Mullen, Michael Kelly all clapping. Could UCF actually expend a timeout here? No, it's 24-23. Well, you know it's going to Melville, but she was long on that one. At least get this serve in if you pull these for the Bulls. They do. Melville receives it. Battle at the net. They can't pass it to Melville. Hendricks-Walker with the shot, but dug back up. That was a chance there. Push shot, knocked back over, and that's not enough. What an effort there by the Bulls. And really, UCF going with a little bit of a surprise approach there, and really a chance on the previous shot for the Bulls to force UCF in the extra time in the third set, so much better, but not nearly enough against a very, very talented team in UCF. Both sides wave at each other, wave their approval at the effort. Fans here definitely enjoyed what they saw as far as entertainment, but the Knights are just really darn good. And they make it now 17 in a row.
0: And unfortunately, the Bulls are now 0-7 in the conference. They're taking Cincinnati and Tulane... Cincinnati and one of the teams in the three-way tie for first and Tulane just a game behind really felt like they could have won both of those matches didn't have that feeling last night but at least got to see some excitement there at the end and the Bulls as a team just hit 0-33 because again just wouldn't finding much success with their attack Martis Svitkovic led the way with seven Tizzy Poyiz had six it was really enjoyable And you heard the head coaches all sort of hanging together with Michael Kelly at the end. It had that special feel to it. Jolene Shepherdson, the head coach of the Bulls, putting out on Twitter how she appreciated the crowd. Even Todd Dagenet, the opposing head coach, made some good comments in the recap on their website, UCFKnights.com, says it's a big deal to go on the road against a rival in front of a large crowd and their entire football team. I thought we went out and just performed and really took care of the things we needed to take care of. And he's right. They were very businesslike. You know, I've noticed with, you know, don't want to generalize here, but with most of the UCF teams, they don't seem to be very humble, you know. But this team was more of a loosey-goosey team, but serious at the same time. I noticed that the baseball team was having a good back and forth, and even UCF's coach acknowledged that, he said. I thought our team responded very well to a very hostile, fun environment. They were loud and rude in a fun way. I think our players got a kick out of it, and it really kept the game loose for us. I liked how our players responded to the entire environment. He also noted how the Bulls were so loaded up on McKenna Melville that Anne-Marie Watson ended up wide open on the right side, and it's true. Watson, 10 kills, two errors, hit 500. Melville with 16 kills to lead the way. So the Bulls go on the road this weekend, and I think considering the challenges they faced, a chance to get their first win, mark it down. On Friday night, they play Temple, which is winless in the league. It was interesting to see the rotations that Jolene Shepardson put out there. Kelsey O'Laughlin continues now to be the setter for about 95% of the time where it had been a rotation before. We did not see much of Amanda DeWitt. She came in at the end, Sarah Griffith. You heard me allude to her getting in. That was her first appearance since early in the season and just her second appearance. And She might have earned herself some more playing time. Jack St. Sin was not in the lineup. So there's more things going on with the volleyball team as they try and get the right players out there. Of course, March is not leaving the court. Seems like Tizzy Puyese has also reached that status as a freshman.